we know this for a fact, Kevin Barker. Tonight's game between the Jays and the Rays, unlike last night's scheduled game, will not be rained out. Nope. If it is, well, it's been good knowing you. (laughs) That's not even going to happen in 2021. Not going to happen. Jays and Rays will get their game in tonight. They're at the chop, the first of three. Mr. Barker, I know we've talked about this a lot. This is the the final three games going into the All-Star break. They come out of the break. They got Texas. They got Boston. They got the Mets. They got Boston. Biggest series of the year for you? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think with where they're trying to get, they need 46 wins. However, they're going to get those. And you would think it would start with one of your t- the teams that you face a lot that you have trouble with in your division. And, and you're doing it on the road. You need to take two out of three here. George Springer needs to show up. Alec Manoa, can he have a, a start that he had in his last start against the Rays? Is the slider going to have the bite to it? Is the sinker going to move? Is the change-up velocity going to be there? This will be a really good test for him. But for me, yeah, you could say that this is this will be a little bit of you going into the break. We took two out of three. If you're that team, now it's you hit the ground running. Maybe everybody gets healthy. You line up your rotation the way you want to. Looks like Ray's not pitching, so he'll have 11 days rest. You would think he'd be the, the, the starter the first day back, so you sort of line up your rotation the way you want to line it up, which it'll be interesting to see how they line up for you. Where, what do they think of him? Where do they want to line him up? Who do you want him facing down the stretches kind of things with the arm speed on the changeup, the location, all those kind of things? Yeah, this is, you know, this is when the, the stars of your team need to show up, hook their chest out a little bit, get their foot down early, get it singing, start going to back leg city a bunch. You know, Bo Bichette, what's he hitting this year in 10 games? A buck 43 against the Rays? He doesn't have an RBI. He needs to do a little bit more against the Rays. You know, Vladdy continue to do what he's doing. He's got five homers in 10 games against the Rays. You know, continue to do those things. And I've said it to you yesterday, and I'll continue to say it. Three for 16, hitting in a cleanup spot with George Springer is not good enough. He's a nice human, and, you know, we saw him with the with saying hi to the kid, which is a very cool thing, you know, when you're having conversations with the fans. and That's uh, that's all cool. But now we need to start it, seeing him turn the corner, start helping out Vladdy and Bo a little bit and, and Marcus Simeon and start driving in some runs. The Rays have won four in a row. They are 51-36. and 36. They are two and a half games back of the Boston Red Sox, who've lost two in a row. They're two games up on the wild card. The Blue Jays are 44-40 and 40 going into this series. They are eight back of the Red Sox for the division lead. They're three and a half back in the wild card. So uh, it, it, still, it's still very much all to play for, uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. But as we said, I, I think this front office is showing that it is willing to go all in. Or maybe not go all in. It showed that it's willing to make moves to address issues surrounding the team. If the Jays can, if they can cut down that deficit by the trade deadline to one and a half out of the wild card, maybe five out of the division, however you do it, I think then you open up a whole different yeah. Box for your front office. Yeah, and you know what's funny too? I was listening to Kevin Cash on the way in here on my on on, my, on the radio in my car. He was saying the exact same question that you just said. He said these are the three biggest games of the season for them. They they come off a whooping. 
the Blue Jays gave them a whooping, two out of three, you know, in Buffalo. Now it's sort of payback time, and they're thinking sort of the same way that you're thinking, that they mm-hmm. need to play a little bit better, have a few better adjustments at the plate against some some pretty good pitching, uh, you know, get some get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. out a, a few more times. You know, they, they seem to think the same way, so you'll start seeing, I think, Kevin Cash maybe pushing the envelope a little bit more earlier in games and, you know, maybe some more hit and run, maybe running the bases a little bit harder, trying to steal bases, that kind of thing, putting pressure on the Blue Jays early to make plays that they that they normally don't do. So yeah, it's a it's a for me, you would think it's a sense of urgency for both teams. It'll be Alec Manoa on the mound for the Jays against Shane McClanahan. This will be Shane McClanahan's third start of the year against the Jays. It will be his first start against them in seven days, or I should say it'll be less than seven days. He started on Saturday, so he's facing them in back-to-back outings. And similarly for Alec Manoa, Kevin Barker, he's coming off a win against the Tampa Bay Rays where he was dominant. Ten strikeouts, seven of those coming off a slider. Slider was filthy. <clears throat> that was an 11-1 win on July 2nd. Mm-hmm. So you've got a guy who be because of the rain out, who's going to start yesterday. His start's been pushed back. Same team, just a couple of days after you've seen him, same team in a week. What are you looking for, first of all, from Alec Manoa? Is he, I mean, this is going to be a bit of a test now. Yeah. Same team, back-to-back. They've got memories of you fresh in their mind. I've got to think that when the Jays set up their pitching rotation going into the all-star break one of the things was let's kind of avoid having Alec go back to back against these guys um what are you going to be looking for tonight well command of the fastball will be the first and foremost you know the sinker was the best I've seen in him as a big leaguer he was locating that he it was on the corners not down the middle uh it was when he went up he went up up that's a good pitch for him when he's established the way he's established down I mentioned the velocity on the changeup was really good he threw enough of them he didn't have to throw a ton of them but he threw enough of them to take the sting out of a bat, maybe get a weak contact, get an easy out that way off the changeup. I think he had one of the strikeouts was off the changeup. So it was working, too, because of the arm speed, the difference in the velocity, the location was really good on that. But, you know, his bread and butter is the fastball and the slider. Now, again, I heard Kevin Cash talking, and he brought up Alec Manoa's name and said that they got to make some serious adjustments against him. And the first thing I thought of, well, what's the adjustment? What could it be? You know, he throws basically two pitches. The the you know, two different fastballs, the four seamer that he likes to elevate, the the four seamer that he likes to throw in to left handers and the sinker. You gotta pick one of those. You can't cover all three of those zones, so you gotta pick one of those. But you would think it's the slider. You know, you've seen the break on it, you see how late the break is on it, you've seen what it looks like when he throws a strike to ball with it. So it'll be interesting to see if Alec Changes anything. Why would he? he? He struck out 10 guys the last time against the same team. You know, they're not a great hitting team, but they they are real good at home at making adjustments, making a, t- a pitcher do a little something different. What could that little something different be? Maybe not chase as much. Maybe try and force him on the plate a little bit more early in counts. Maybe a limp trying to eliminate his slider. I'm thinking, but that if I were facing him back-to-back times and he, and he basically took you behind the woodshed the first time, for me, I would try to eliminate the slider, try and hit the heater, you know, and, and maybe try and get it up on the plate. They'll try and do that. If that doesn't work, then that just means the slider's working, the sinker's working, the fastball command's working, the change-up arm speed's working, it's going to be another long day. 
590-590 is the text line. We will be joined by Arrestus Destrata, the Rays TV analyst. We'll also be joined by John Schneider, Blue Jays coach. And uh, we'll talk to John about the home run derby. Of course, he pitched in it last year to Vladdy Jr. Vladdy Jr. won't be taking part this year. But we'll talk to John about that experience and take a look back at the, the first half of the season with John. In his last start against the Rays, Alec Manoa struck out seven in a row at one point. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. He gave up a first pitch of the game, gave up a ground ball out, walked Choi on seven pitches, caught his spike, if you remember, balked him to second, and we're all yep. going, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> boom, boom. Strikes out Franco, strikes out Meadows in a changeup. And then he strikes out Arozarena, Wendell Margot, Kiramara Mejia. Kevin Barker, what I found interesting, and, and I wonder if maybe if you're Alec Manoa, do you change this? Do you try to outthink Tampa Bay? The second time through the lineup, it looked as if he was trying to finish them off with his fastball instead of the slider. First time through, he used a slider a lot. Yep. And then he went to the fastball to try to finish off batters a second time, too. And it, and it, and it appeared to work. I mean... Two of his strikeouts, I'm sitting here looking at it right now, mm-hmm. One, two, two of his strikeouts came the, the second time through the order, and uh, another one came the third time through the order against Lowe. So whatever he did was working. Do you think he'll take the same approach, or will it, or, or will it just depend? Well, will it just depend? L- l- let's say this. If the, if the slider has the bite that it had in his last start and the sinker command is there, and again, the just enough change-up arm speed, difference in velocity is there it'd be a long day for the Rays. the Rays not a very good hitting team let's be honest they're 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 not you can get them out if you make a halfway decent quality pitch but now they've seen you they've seen what the late moving sinker looks like they've seen what the elevated fastball looks like they've seen what the slider into a lefty looks like if he doesn't have command of one of those pitches or the slider's not breaking the way it broke the last time then what's he going to do that that's the little thing is that that's what you're seeing with younger guys is if if one thing's not working in the bullpen does he have enough brass to go to that mound against a really good team on the road and go i don't i know how it felt in the bullpen but it's my best pitch i'm going to throw it until they show me they're going to hit it or make an adjustment to it and i, and I can't throw it for strike so you know it, it's it's for me if i'm him early in the game establish the hard stuff first Get that going. You can go in with the heater. You can go away with the heater. Two strikes, you can elevate the heater. Then you don't Mm -hmm. have to show as much with the slider. You know, you overused the slider. You gave them a lot of information on the slider because of how many times you used it to strike people out with. So now they know what it looks like. Early in the game, if I'm him, command the heater. You got a good one. It's got late life to it. It's got good sync to it. It's got good run to it. It's got the good backspin to it on the four-seamer up. So, Use that first and then start to use your slider when you have to use it. And maybe he'll have good grip for the changeup and he can use that pitch. But I'm with you. This will be a very good test for Alec. He's on the road against a team that is a good team. They're going to battle. They're going to try and make adjustments. And now we're going to find out if it's, you know, I'm, I'm done with this. Here's my best one. See if you can hit it. And we know how Alec is. He gets on the mound. He's got a little that in him. This yeah. would be a good test for him. The 11-1 win that Manoa started was the Rays' worst loss <clears throat> since a 15-1 loss against Houston on August 27, 2019. I don't know how much of a factor revenge is in baseball necessarily, but it's it's something to keep Put him on mind. notice that he's good. 
That's what yeah. it did. Uh, Shane McClanahan will be the race starter tonight. He's a left-hander, throws 100. He does. Easy 100. Easy, jeez. What what would he be thinking tonight? Now, second time, mm-hmm. this is his second time against the, the, the Jays in a week. It's six days, pardon me. It's his third time against them this season. If you look back at what happened in his last start, of course, George Springer, that was the game George Springer homered on the first pitch he saw from Yeah. Him. And then he got a bunch of change-ups, secondary pitches, and his other bingo right? exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then it just it it seemed to, well, the Jays kind the Jays went to town a little bit against against the bullpen. Uh, Vladdy Jr. had a double, and that that was kind of you know I guess I'm, I'm looking at this here double, and then a walk to Springer. That was sort of the end of the night for uh, for Shane McClanahan. What would what should the Jays expect from him? Velocity. Uh, late break on some secondary pitches, really good location. He can pitch into a righty. He can pitch. He can also in. go high up, can't he? he? Well, he took I mean, advantage you got, of that. Why would you try and swing at that? Not too many people mm-hmm. can hit 99 to 100 with some run and, and some backspin to it. Why would you even try and think about hitting it? And, and you try and force yourself to not get to two strikes. So don't chase early in counts. Try and get a really good pitch that's straight. You know it's going to be hard. Look for something hard that's straight out over the plate, something that you like in your zone. You know, Vladdy likes the ball in. Look in early in the count until, you know, it's sometimes occasionally against the lefty. He will chase. He will expand on something down and away. Look for something in your zone early in the count. Try and lay off the ball that's elevated. But for me, you're looking for something hard. You're looking for something straight. You're trying to get the foot down early, trying to stay in the big part of the field. You know, and, and, and the obvious guys need to show up. It just said the numbers, you know, but Bo hasn't had a lot of success against the Rays in 10 games. He's hitting under a buck 50. Springer needs to show up. Vladdy continue to do what Vladdy's doing. Marcus Simeon, he'll get some good pitches to be hit because he likes the heater. They're going to give him some heaters on the plate because of who's hitting behind him. They need those guys to step up, right? You know, take a little bit of pressure off Alec. They got to score early. That'll help. If they can steal a run early in the game, get let Alec get mindset-wise into the game, start having that attitude, locating. For me, I think they'll be okay. They, they, got, they got the right guys lined up. Now, Steven Matz in the last game, they, you know, that's hit or miss. You're going to get what you get. But you like stripling. You like the curveball he's featuring. You like the fastball command. You like him not tipping his pitches. So you do like... Alec Manoa, you do like Ross Stripling, and the, and hopefully you're 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 two for two. You're going to the third game. You win that. That's gravy, right? So surprised at all that we're here. We are, and and you know, we'll ask John Schneider about this. I'm sure there was a number of things going into this, but I think we agree that this is a significant series. Yeah, we're not seeing Robbie Ray. We're not seeing Hyunjin Ryu. We're not seeing the guys who theoretically, at least. Are the Jays' two best starters? Mm-hmm. And it's up against the All-Star break. It's possible that Robbie Ray's next start will come in 11 days. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what to make of that. Maybe it's just and it's, it's workload, load management, whatever you want to yeah. call it. But... It's not the way it used to be done. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think, I, well, you know, I'm guessing here, but you, you could take an educated guess on, uh, you know, he's a max effort guy. If you got a chance to give him a long rest, you do it for the stretch run. He is your best pitcher right now in the story. There's no question about that. 
So you want to get as much out of him second half as you possibly can get out of him. His last start was against the Rays. Now, he had a good start against him. He went seven innings. Well, you got to work hard against the Rays yeah, to fair. get through that's it. Fair. He's a two-pitch guy. You're trying to do it on the road. All the that's things fair. that we just went through with Alec Manoa, the same thing applies to Robbie Ray. Yes, you know, they've seen him back-to-back starts. They would have a pretty good chance of, you know, what's the slider doing? How much does it break? When does he throw his fastball? What does his fastball look like when he throws it in? When does he throw his fastball up? They'll have all of that information. And how hard he has to work. And, again, they have their couple of guys lined up here to get some, you know, some quality starts to give them a a couple of good chances to win on the road. And that's all you can ask. You know, you could say the same thing about Ryu. And you could the, the same thing applies to Ryu. Is the Rays have been hard on Ryu? Ryu's, you know, command with the changeups not there. The command in with the fastballs not there. Any chance you can give him a little bit of mental break and a physical break just to, to you know, wipe everything away and hopefully he can find something mechanically to find that heater in, so he can get after people in the second half. Because let's be honest, they have to have Robbie Ray great. They have to have Ryu great. They have to have Manoa to continue to grow to be almost great in the second half. And Ross Stripling to take a little next step forward. Maybe adding an extra inning instead of going five or six, he's going six or seven kind of thing. So I just think it comes down to when they have a chance to give these guys a break, they're going to do it. John Schneider, Blue Jays coach, will join us next. This is Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Got to correct a few things there. Rowdy Telez will join us at uh, 240. Arrestus Destrata will be along in writer's block. And uh, Robbie Ray is starting the third game of the series. Yep. We're both looking at the same website, but it appears if Robbie Ray will start the third game of the series, so it'll be Manoa Stripling and Ray. That's your best three guys? There you go. No Ryu? No, not right now. Those are your best um, three guys. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Seven o'clock tonight is the first pitch of the final series before the All Star break for the Blue Jays. It is in Tampa. It is against the Rays. It will be only on Sportsnet five ninety, the fan and Sportsnet. Uh, John Schneider, Blue Jays coach, joins us on Baseball Central. John, thank you very much for joining Barker and myself. We trust that you're keeping well. Um, last year, of course, you were at, in at, or I should say, two years ago, you were at the All Star Game when Vladdy took part in the home run derby, um, and you know, obviously, it was a, it was, it was a huge event. It was a fun event. I think a lot of us are surprised, or maybe not completely surprised, but we're a little, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say surprised at, at how quickly Vladdy came out and said, "I'm I'm I'm not taking part in this year's Derby. I want to, um, you know, I want I want to rest my body. I I want to enjoy the game." Were you surprised at all by that decision? Uh, thanks for having me, guys. First of all, Kev, Jeff, uh, good talking to you. Uh, yes and no. I think that um, I think you know, in two years, he's come a long way in terms of. Um, having a plan with what he wants to do and play in a full season. And um, I think the year that he's putting together played a a part in his decision, but um, you know, I'm just proud of the way he's gone about it, playing every game and putting up the numbers that he's put up and, you know, told him if he wanted to do it, I'd be there to throw for him. Um, And, 
you know, confident that he would put on a, an unbelievable show like he did two, uh, two years ago. But, you know, it's awesome for him to enjoy his first All-Star game. Um, and I think it's good for us, too, to let him rest up a little bit as well. Snides, how much did the, uh, the altitude have to do with his decision? You know what? He didn't talk about that at all. No. You know, because he was, at first, he was he was talking about doing it and kind of going back and forth a little bit. Um, I think it's just more so, you know, enjoying his first All-Star game and I think um, understanding the type of year that he's putting together and kind of wanting to stick with what he's been doing, you know, up to this point. So never really talked about the altitude much. Okay, well, the the – I got to ask you about a little bit about throwing in in the All Star game, a, a home run derby. But I, I want to touch on that home run derby just a, a little bit before we move on about the, the 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 three minute thing and doing it at the altitude. How much do you think that'll be harder for even a guy throwing in the home run derby? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of glad I don't have to. Um, <laughs> it's longer than you think. You know, the four minutes is longer than you think when yeah. you're out there doing it, and. Um, you know, we went to, I've only been to Colorado once two years ago and, and guys were saying how different it was just to play. So I'm sure there'll be, you know, it'll be different for everyone except for Trevor story. who's used to it. And the guy that throws to him every day, but, um, kind of, kind of glad I don't have to deal with it, Mark, to be honest with you. So I don't know how it's going to be. <laughs> uh, you know, generally baseball folks like to avoid saying this is a big series. You know, this is the biggest series of the year. Yada, yada. Kevin cash, uh, today in an interview, uh, on the radio, uh, said, yeah, as far as he's concerned, you know, this is a, this is a big series for the Rays. They, you know, you want to put a little more breathing room between, they want to put more breathing room between themselves and, and you guys. And obviously they're looking at Boston's lost a couple of games in a row. And he made it seem pretty clear that for the Rays, at least this is, this is a, a big series, maybe the biggest series they played in this year. Is there, is there a similar mindset whether it's spoken or unspoken, is there a similar feeling, do you think, around the Jays about this series? Yeah, no doubt. You know, we talked about it when they were up in Buffalo uh, last week, you know, about how big that series was. Um, not in a team meeting setting or anything, but just kind of, hey, this is an exciting uh, 10 days for us, you know, in our schedule, playing these guys twice in Baltimore and, and then getting Boston when we get home. So I think it works both ways. You know, it's, uh, it's a team that we always seem to play close games against. And uh, we're we're looking forward to it. You know, Charlie had a a good little message for the guys last night, and um, you know we're looking forward to three good games against these guys. So yeah, just like them, it's it's huge for us as well going into the break. Okay, Steins, go after, he's probably not going to do it the next three games, but coming after the All Star break, any chance we see George Springer leading off? Man, I don't know. I think that when you we're lucky because we have you know those four guys. You got Marcus, and you got Bo, Vlad, and you got George, and you can kind of put them anywhere in that four and be pretty well off, right? So mm-hmm. George is you know talked to Charlie and talked to us about it, and he's comfortable anywhere. I think that when he was in Houston and being one of the most dynamic leadoff guys in baseball for a long time, it was kind of because of the guys that surrounded him in that lineup at the time. And I think you look at our lineup now on the top and you include Teo too, of course. Um, and it's just kind of like who fits in where. Um, so I think right now is, you know, where he's going to be probably in that four spot. And then if things start to change, you know, it's, I think all of those guys are comfortable maneuvering around any one of those top four. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, we're going to wait and see, you know, but it's not something that he has expressed that he wants to do. He's been very open with hitting anywhere in this lineup. Um, 
And so it's just kind of a, a wait and see and see where, you know, these three games shake out and see uh, see how we're rolling after uh, the break. Okay, to further that, to wait and see, would that mean that he would have to, you know, he's three for 16 hitting in a cleanup spot. That'd been great. You know, he's just coming off the right. I.L. Would that be more of him not producing in the cleanup spot or would that be more of Marcus Simeon starts to fall off or would that be more, you know, you're losing a little bit, you need a shake-up, what, what better way to put your $150 million man in the leadoff spot? Probably a combination of all three, Kev, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. You know, I think that you look at Marcus and Bo and Vlad, and, and they're all going to the All-Star game, and they're all top five or three in hits and all that stuff, and they all got it over any head OPS, all four of those guys. And um, I think it's just, you know, wait and see. You know, if Charlie feels like we need to shake up, it's cool that we have that luxury where you can move those guys around in any order. You know, Bo's let off before, and George has let off before. Marcus has done an unbelievable job in that spot. Um, and has gotten real comfortable in it. So I think anytime you know that lineup turns over the second time um, and you got those four coming up in a row, it's going to work out pretty well. Now, John, we've seen, of course, the front office go out in the past week to 10 days and add two relief pitchers and Adam Simber and uh, Trevor Richards. They've both been used. They both sort of fit into the bullpen. How different has the... How different has the thought process been in the dugout with with those two arms? Because, look, it was pretty clear that, that a lot of times it was the bullpen matchups, the bullpen decisions, I mean, they weren't, they weren't working out, or at least the pitchers, weren't, the pitchers weren't performing. It seems as if there's just, it's just a lot more settled right now with these two guys. And is that, is that kind of the way you're viewing it as well? I know it's early, and they've only had a – I think one guy's made one appearance and the other guy may have made two or three, but it just seems to be a little more settled now. Yeah, I think so. I think when you have guys that have, you know, kind of been there and done that a little bit, um, you look at Simber's numbers, you know, over the last three years and they've been consistent and Richards has been good against, they've both been good against righties and lefties, which is great. You know, Richards has got that change up that he can throw anytime um, and kind of neutralizes lefties and, Simber is, you know, his splits this year, I think, are almost better against lefties than righties. Um, and it's just a whole lot of soft contact um, to either one. So for Charlie and for Pete, and, you know, when we're talking about it and when they're talking about it in the dugout and discussing it, it's, yeah, it's, there's nothing better for a manager and a pitching coach to, you know, feel comfortable with who you're bringing in and why and where you are in the lineup, you know, that you're going to be facing and things like that. And I think it's, you know, it's credit to Ross in the front office and adding those guys and, um, I think that they, like you said, they fit in very well um, in some way, shape, or form to lead up to, uh, you know, to Timmy Meza or Jordan Romano at the end. So it's been, it's been cool to add them for sure and uh, just knowing that they've been out there before. Steins, what's different about Reese McGuire offensively this year than in years past? I think he's swinging earlier and counts a little bit. He's a little bit more aggressive. Um, he made a very um, – a very big effort to try to improve, you know, exit velo and try to do a little bit more damage on balls he's swinging at over the off season. And he's really kind of taken advantage of the time that he's gotten and um, and done really well. So I think it's just being aggressive on balls that are in the zone. Um, in years past, it seems like he was sitting in one strike or two strike counts a whole lot. And this year's been a little bit different. Um, and he's done an, he's done an awesome job on both sides of the ball when he's been in there. So I think it's just being a little bit more aggressive and and trying to do a little bit more damage when he does swing. John, what's going to be the key for Alec Manoa tonight, second time in a week, I guess, against the same lineup, a lineup that he handled very well? What does he have to do tonight? Same as the last time, or 
do, would you expect to see the, Ra- the the Rays making adjustments? And as a result, he might have to make adjustments. Yeah, I think a little bit of both. I think that, you know, you get a team like this who is so matchup driven and they're going to put, you know, guys that they think are better matchup in against Alec tonight. Um, and it's just the, the old cat and mouse game, you know, they're, you know, we just played them. He just pitched really well against them. They know what he's featuring and he knows what they're trying to do against them. So, you know, you trust in his prep work and, and Pete and Bush and, and figuring out what these guys are going to try to do against him and him going out and executing pitches. But his stuff, what he did last week was great, um, really neutralizing their lefties. He had his changeup working. Um, he was pitching inside with his fastball and kind of, you know, setting up and tunneling his slider off of that inside the lefties to so their back foot and things like that. So, he had it all working, and then it's it's the old thing when he goes out there tonight with the game plan and, and sees what's uh, what's working for him at the time and, and adjusting from there. But we expect him to be him and go out and compete like he always does and not back down from anything. Uh, we had Billy Ripken on yesterday, and he said from the outside looking in that, that he thought that Bo might have been playing a little bit too deep at shortstop. I wanted you to get your thoughts on that assessment. Actually, he was talking about in general. He he said organizations. In yeah, general but, but he was. I, I was asking him about Bo because Bo sometimes would get a little bit flat-footed on balls that you wouldn't think he should be flat-footed on, and that's his response to that. I'll just get your thoughts on that, right? I mean, I think there's so much information that goes into where each guy's positioned with each hitter and with with each count and two strikes and what may be different or not, but. Uh, we've talked about that internally a little bit about, you know, even adding a guy like Simber, right, who doesn't do so much soft contact and, yeah. and just anticipating that um, and adjusting our, our depths accordingly, you know. So it is weird because guys hit the ball so hard. You want to try to give yourself as much space to make a play and give yourself some range. Um, but it is, man. I, I agree. It's a fine line um, in saying, okay, what am I good at and what can I get better at? And if it's I'm good at – um, coming in on balls, you know, and I'm, I'm struggling with balls that are hit hard in the hole. How do you adjust from it? So I think it's something we talk about for sure. It's something that we, we look at we look at around the league and see where guys are. Um, and it's interesting to see how different teams approach it. And uh, you take some, you leave some. And I think that the smartest thing, though, is just to kind of adjust to, to who's on the mound and uh, what we think they're going to do against that hitter and, and play some um, – you know, kind of according to that way. Yeah, Snides, before we let you go, I just want you to confirm, uh, uh, Robbie Ray is pitching the last game of the series, right? And not Stephen Matz. Uh, as far as I know, yes. I think Charlie said that um, yesterday. I know it's Alex tonight and Strip. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't want to confirm or deny, but I think yeah. that's what we're planning on rolling out with uh, with Alec and then Strip followed by Robbie on, uh, on Sunday. Okay, yeah. great. John, thanks so yep. much for doing this, man. You know we appreciate yeah. your time. Anytime, uh, guys. Thanks for it, and enjoy the uh, enjoy the break. Thanks again. Have fun, Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, we see you up there soon. Yeah. Good oh, luck. We hope so. Take care. All right, guys. Thanks. John Schneider, Blue Jays coach. Again, seven o'clock tonight. First pitch, Jays against the Tampa Bay Rays. That was interesting. Your your question about the depth that shortstops are playing. Mm-hmm. I think you got a little bit of insight there into some of the factors in that decision making process. It's not just the hitter. But, for example, they were talking about Adam Simber. Yeah. You know, and he is going to induce soft contact. So you've got to adjust your shifting or your depth, probably your depth more, and your shifting accordingly. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's interesting how much, how much information goes into making these, making these decisions. Yeah, for me, it's more about putting, putting your shortstop in the best position to succeed 
you know, have the strongest arm, have the most accurate arm, but get his footwork in the right position to be able to do that. And maybe he is playing a little too deep, but it's just interesting that that, that he right away said, yeah, we, we've actually had talks about that internally and we're going to adjust and, and make the right corrections when needed. Look, look, Schneider's a really good coach. He understands what, what Bo goes through and, and what he needs to do and where he needs to stand and what makes him best for him and for the team because Bo is playing the, the – the quarterback position. He needs to be really good, if not great, all the time. And and they're trying to turn him into that. So it's gonna it's gonna be a fun series. Now, now, now that Robbie Ray is pitching the last game there, now they do have their three best guys going. Let's get it on. And that the mm-hmm. saying, you got your best three guys. We're we're on the road. We're facing one of the best teams in the American League. Let, let's see how we stack up. Well, you might think that, uh, you know, given the way things are going for the Blue Jays and given the hype around the Blue Jays and how good the Blue Jays lineup is and all that good stuff, you might think that uh, being traded away from an organization like this, uh, probably not something a player would necessarily desire. But I'll tell you what, if you're Rowdy Telez, you're joining a first-place team. You're joining a team that's really got it going on right now and uh, a team that has really made its mark in the National League Central Division. And Bark, as you well know, is someone who played in Milwaukee as well. Uh, I think he's going to rake in that park in that league. Yeah, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is not playing first base for the Milwaukee Brewers either. The opportunity is there for him. The opportunity is indeed there for Rowdy Telez. Opportunity's knocking. So is Rowdy Telez. He'll join us next. This is Baseball Central. I think we kind of knew as the Blue Jays season was going on and uh, the team continue, continued to have issues trying to piece together performances out of its bullpen. I think, I think a lot of us just kind of assumed that at some point the front office would have to make a deal uh, to address the situation. I think most of us focused on, as we usually do whenever trades are made, on, on sort of prospects, right? And are you, are you going to have to give up this guy to, to, get, to get this arm and... What combination of players are you going to have to throw in, and how are teams valuing your prospects? Um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it turns out that it's not necessarily a guy who's a prospect. It's a guy who has been in the major leagues and a guy who I think that um, most people view as a major league player. That was certainly the case when the Jays made their deal for Trevor Richards, a reliever from the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, the Brewers asked for and received in return our next guest, Rowdy Tellez. Rowdy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time. We trust that you're doing well. Um, for, just first question. Look, you know, I think a lot of people looked at this deal and thought this is a great opportunity, um, a great opportunity for you. I mean, you are going to be the first baseman of that team, period. It's a great opportunity. What was your initial reaction, and were you surprised by it? Um, I mean, I, I put it this way. I spent my entire career, minor leagues, big leagues, with the Jays, only organization I knew. Um. Uh, it was emotional. It was one of those things where it was like, never thought it would happen. Um, you know, I, I truly love the organization. I love the staff. I love the players, the people, everybody that I ever came in contact with were, were great. Um, so it was tough, real tough to say goodbye. Uh, but you know, in the, in the bigger picture, uh, the Jays needed some pieces and, um, 
I was one of the guys that they were, you know, that that was a, a piece that was going to help them get what they needed. So in the end, it's it's a team, and they needed something, and and uh, I was able to get them what they wanted. So I was traded, but um, you know, it, it's tough leaving an organization when that's all you know. So excited to be a Brewer, excited to be over in Milwaukee, but um, you know, there's always going to be a big chunk of my heart that will always be left with Toronto. Rowdy, what's the one thing uh, offensively that you're working on that you think you need to get a little better at? Um, I think for me, big time, is consistency. Um, I've shown what I can do. I just haven't shown it consistently. So I think for me, it's just focus on being consistent and, and whatever role I'm put in is just maximizing my ability to to excel in that role, whether it's playing every day, pinch hitting, um, platooning. I just got to be better at what I do and more consistent. Yeah, I, I heard, I, I read a little bit about you talking about mechanically you you were dropping your hands too much, your leg kick was a little bit too big. Which one of those is the most important part of that? Like, you, you know, you, I don't think you can fix both of those. Those are big moves to fix during season. Is there one more important than the other? Uh, I don't think I ever recall saying that. I think more so for me it was just timing, which wasn't allowing me to get to the points that I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do rest my hands on my shoulder, and then I kind of start and and drive them back. But uh, I think for me it was just the timing stuff. You know, I wasn't able to get on time, so it was causing me to, to make my moves look bigger than they really were mm-hmm. because I was rushing them. You know, you get into a game and you get that extra adrenaline and, and things move more than you want to in the cage. So, um, I mean, I just – I wasn't able to, to produce the way I wanted to. And and I think that led to a lot of things just adding pressure to myself. So, uh, it was an unfortunate time to to go through what I was going through because the team is so good. And I wanted to help out as much as I could, but I added too much pressure to myself and, and that didn't benefit anybody. Roddy, is it is it going to be a little easier in in Milwaukee in that you know you're you're going to be the first baseman? There's there's no DH unless it's interleague, um, you know, or, uh, or or postseason or the World Series. It, it's going to be uh, you're you're going to be the first baseman. Is that does that make it a little easier for you? Maybe in terms of your prep. Uh, there's positives to it. Yeah, I think um, understanding that you're going to play more often, like you said, no DH. So. Um, as you guys know, I love playing the field. Um, I think it's something that people have always doubted me on, and I believe I'm a good defender. Um, so being able to play the field is always going to be good for, for anybody. You know, when you play two sides of the ball, you don't have to keep your mind wandering on just one side. you got to be the best you can and impact the game on both sides. So it's good. It's really exciting to, to do that. But like I said, whatever role they're going to have me in is, is I just have to excel at it. I just have to be better uh, all the way around. Yeah, how much easier was it when you went over there and you saw the Travis Shaws and the Daniel Vogelbachs and the, and the Billy McKinney's? Was that did that make it a little easier transition for you? Uh, yeah, I mean Billy's actually with the Mets now, but yeah, having T. Shaw, having Bogey, uh, Willie Adamas playing against him all throughout the AL East, all through the minor leagues, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. playing against him when he was with Boston. You know, you get these guys. It's not always the guys that you played with, but. Some of the relationships that you make uh, with the opposing players are always good too, because you never know where you're going to end up. So, having those guys to play against, uh, it was nice. You know, I had guys that reached out to me as soon as I got traded, and that was something pretty special too. Because for a guy to go into a brand new organization and not really know anybody and be 
the first time he's gone somewhere to have uh, your teammates reach out and say hello and welcome you in is, is something that's really comforting. Yeah, I was going to say, I would imagine, you know, it, you, you talked about how the Jays are the only thing you've known. And there is a difference, isn't there, between being traded and being moved within an organization. Like, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's got to be kind of almost a surreal experience in a lot of ways. Because even if you're, you know, even if you're going from, from the Jays to Buffalo or Trenton or wherever, it's still the same organization, still the same folks you're going to sort of see on the way up or in the way down and the back up again. This has got to be just different to go into a different clubhouse and, and you know, different colors, different uniform. Uh, different manager. It, it has to be a real, uh, kind of a real, a real shock. What was the, the 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 thing you found the most? You know, you noticed the, the the most the first time you went in. I guess, like, when did it really hit you? Um, man, that's the thing. I, I said this to some of the people on my staff. I said if I was in the big leagues with the guys like. Jansen and Barucki, uh, JD, guys that I came with from day one, 2013 draft class, would be a little bit different. Like, I don't think I got the full side of it being in in Buffalo with the with the my teammates. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it just uh, this is a chapter, and it's not like it a it's not like a chapter where you kind of can control it and write it out at the end. It's like an ending and you start a new new page the next day. Like I was with the team, I was with the Brewers the next day in New York. So, um, you know, I think just the guys, when I got there in New York, they all came to my locker and just said hello, introduced themselves and staff was, was awesome. They joked with me right away. So they definitely allowed um, me to feel more comfortable than even I anticipated because they just mm-hmm. welcomed me within with open arms. Rowdy, listen, we appreciate your time. Uh, you were a lot of fun to watch here in Toronto, and a, uh, you were a joy to be around and, and interview, and you're always accessible and always helpful. And we really appreciate it, and we wish you all the best in Milwaukee. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and hit the ball a ton, my friend. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, thank you. I mean, to everybody, everybody in Toronto, staff, uh, media, fans especially, man, I, I – couldn't say anything bad about the city of Toronto. I mean, it was it was an awesome experience. Um, you know, that's always going to be a, a place in my heart for the Toronto faithful and and playing up in in Toronto. So, uh, but I'm excited to get into this part of my career. But like I said, man, Toronto's always going to have a, a big place in my heart and everything they did for me. Thanks, Rowdy. Be well. Thank you, guys. Rowdy Telez, now of the Milwaukee Brewers. And uh, Kevin, that was interesting hearing him talk about sort of the you know the fact you're going to be an, an, a, a first baseman, you're going to be a full time first baseman. You're mm-hmm. not necessarily going to be the DH. I think there are guys who really do thrive on that, aren't there? There are guys who like playing in the field and as, as opposed to simply DHing. Yeah, I Rod, think most guys would. Brad is expected to hit. It's a lot of pressure on him when he's not playing the field. He's just doing one part of it. Uh, you do a lot of thinking when you're not doing so well at that one part of it you're expect, expected to do well at. Right? He's Maybe. a decent defender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna hold his own over there. But he they they traded for him to to hit the baseball to start driving the baseball in the big part of the field, and he will if he starts swinging at good pitches to hit. And you say you, the, the mechanical changes, you know the 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 hand movement and some of the leg kicking and all those kind of things that 
you know, the, the adjustments. He, he'll make some adjustments. He'll look fastball. He'll look out over the plate. If he can not swing it at multiple weaknesses, you know, he'll be fine. And he's got a little bit of element of surprise, too. They don't know a whole ton about him in that division, in that in that league. So he can get away with just looking fastball, looking at location, get the foot down early, use the ballpark to your advantage, and the opportunity's right in front of him. He hits. He will play a lot. Oh, yeah, and that's a fun team to be with. Yeah, they're in front. The Brewers, as we said, they got, a, they got it going on. They got a great manager. Um, it's, you know, known to be a real good clubhouse. And and it, it's kind of interesting, isn't it, that you'd find Willie Adamas. Like, you look at the American League East guys who are all over there now. Jackie Bradley Jr., Willie Adamas, Rowdy Telez. There's a lot of guys from the AL East. Yeah. That are over in that clubhouse. American League East, pretty good. And Rowdy will make friends. You know that. Well, he hits. The, hit, the more he hits, the more friends he'll make. That's just the way it works. Um, it really... What do you think was the biggest thing that worked against him here? Like, obviously, Vladdy... I, I think more than anything else, Vladdy's ability... I was thinking about this when Rowdy was talking. Vladdy's ability to play defense at first base, even if Rowdy hit the ball well, would there still be playing time for him here? Given George Springer's here, given Grichuk's season, like I almost think in a lot of ways there was a bunch of stuff aligned against Rowdy. Well, I'm not making excuses for him, but I, I think the fact is the stuff he had as a selling point was all of a sudden this wasn't an organization that needed to buy it. Yeah, as much as they're looking for a balanced lineup, if he's hitting, he's playing. You, you know, he they'd have gave Vladdy more days off. He'd have played more first. Vladdy the DH more. Those kind of things. They would have found a spot for him. If he started hitting and was hitting more and and hitting harder balls more consistently, they'd have found playing time for him, but he didn't. He sort of fell off a cliff there. He was getting in his own way, which is sort of what he just said there. And right, they, they needed something here. He could provide that by going somewhere else. Now he's got an opportunity to play a little bit more. There's no excuses for him now. He's going to get an opportunity. Now it's up to him to see ball, hit ball, and... You know, he does have talent. If he can be short and quick to the baseball, he should be doing okay. Now, is he, are you looking at a 300 hitter? Probably not. But if he starts hitting a bunch of home runs and can hit somewhat in the middle of their order, they'll, they'll be – he'll make tons of friends then. Everybody will want to be Rowdy's friend in Milwaukee. Yeah. Well, he'll be, he'll be huge there. They, they like their players built like Rowdy. Who can hit? I mean, yeah. if you can hit, that's – no matter how you look, does it? Mr. Barker, you will be back on Monday. Be here as well. Baseball Central on Monday. The All-Star break. We'll have some fun. Get some folks on from the All-Star game. Maybe get Austin Martin. Get somebody from the Futures game as well. Look ahead to the Home Run Derby. The All-Star break is uh, just around the corner.